Chris Scalzi here with Matt Howell. And this episode of The First Run, it's people falling out of buildings to their doom week on The First Run. First up, we're going to discuss this year's Palme d'Or winner, Anatomy of a Fall. It's a courtroom drama, Matt, that's praised for its standout performance by Sandra Uller as a woman accused of killing her husband. Did she? Didn't she? Does it matter? And then I'm going to get to scratch that poor row itch, Matt, because Bronner returns as he directs and stars in A Haunting in Venice. After an okay first film, a rather dull second film, is this the end of the gondola for the Brana series? Because, Venice. There's the gravity-defying review of the big releases on physical media, unlike a lot of our murder victims this week, featuring the streaming and straight-to-DVD picks of the week. And then Matt and I are going to close out the show by playing another round of everyone's favorite fill-in-the-blank game, TFR Libs, this time featuring Timothy Chalamet, maybe David Fincher, maybe more. Let's go ahead, though, and hear a clip from Anatomy of a Fall. So, as you can see, an accidental fall is going to be hard to defend, given the height of the windowsill. Mm-hmm. So that's why there's an investigation for uh, more suspect, uh, and your 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 uh, more suspicious, suspicious deaths, yeah. yeah, and your témoin assisté because you were the only person there. Okay. And of course, you, you're his wife. Um, now, looking for a stranger who walks in, kills him while you were sleeping right above, and Daniel was up for work is a shitty strategy. Samuel had no enemies. That stop. Make- stop. I did not kill him. That's not the point. That's not the point, Matt. What is Anatomy of a Fall, if you couldn't figure it out, given all the clips and context clues we've given you, all about? Or the breakdown that you gave in the opening, but I will will fill in exactly what happened. Uh, So Sandra is a author married to Samuel, a failed author, and they get into a fight on the day that Sandra is having an interview with an inter on her newest book. Um, their son, Daniel, is blind, uh, or at least partially blind, and he's out of the house. And when he comes back, his father, Samuel, is laying dead in their yard. It looks like he might have fallen out. But, of course, there's some... some blah, blah, blah. There's some suspicion on Sandra, couldn't handle the alliteration there, that maybe it wasn't an accident. Maybe it was a murder. Wow. Oh, do I I don't have my, do I have my, I don't think I have it anymore. Oh, that's, that's upsetting. My Hmm. little Perry Mason theme. I gotta Uh, reload these clips because a lot of them we just, well, we never really use any of them to be honest with you. Honestly, we, how often would we have the chance to use a Perry Mason clip? Although I will say if you were going to use it, you could use it multiple times this week. That's 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 very very true. Oh, I'm so disappointed in myself. Mm. Oh, you know what though? It really. I mean, honestly, honks me off. It honks me off is what it does, <laughs> Matt. So, <laughs> not a me of a fall. All right, Palm Door winner mm-hmm. at the big. Uh, how do you say? It? Con can Cannes? cans 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 film cans. Deal. yeah cans the big cans film festival. Everybody mm. loves it, praising the performance by Miss. And I think I'm saying this right because I really like to say it. Sandra Uhle, because okay. she's a uh, German, right? Sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Matt, what are your thoughts on Anatomy of a Fall? Do we have a Best Picture nominee here in the States, perhaps? It is a rip-roaring courtroom drama of the likes we haven't seen since uh, A Few Good Men. What were your thoughts? Mm. Yeah, I could see this being on the shortlist for Best Picture, especially with a up-to-ten-picture field. Um, I think we've mentioned that we haven't been super impressed with what's come out so far this year, so this is obviously a contender. I will say this. 
Story-wise, this isn't really breaking new ground. It's nothing really you haven't seen from any courtroom drama. But where this film kind of makes itself is in the strength of the performance with Sandra Uller and the direction by Justine Scriette uh, nice. is, is, I think those two pieces are what elevate this above kind of its relatively rote plotting. Uh, again, if you've seen literally any number of courtroom dramas and whodunits and, you know, these kind of murder mystery things, not breaking any new ground, but the way it's presented is what makes this so good. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I, it's the construction of the film is really engaging. It's because now, Matt, you know, it's not so much the fall that leads to the death that we're anatomizing. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? No, sure. but it's also the fall of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the film, one of the reasons why the film really works. I think it slyly moves along using kind of pieces of evidence you know, uh, provided in court to deliver us new information and reveal secrets of their marriage, kind of definitely working to keep us unsure as to what's happened as well. Did she knock him on the old noggin and uh, mm-hmm. push him out a window? Did did he fall? Did he commit suicide? Mm-hmm. All of these things. And I love, though, how we're fed kind of this info as we go. There's mention, like, at one point of a clip of a recorded conversation at one point um, that comes out of nowhere and then it comes obviously back in and then it adds another just more depth and dimension to the film and really reveals their relationship and then how you then question the context of the clip as well and how certain things in certain contexts can be interpreted different ways i just really was enthralled by that now i think it may run a little long but I think I when the reveals come, they do hit like body shots. They're kidney shots, Matt, and they take you down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's purposeful, right? So it'll kind of lull you into, a, all right, well, this is kind of playing out a little long. It's a little, well, no, it's, what do we say? Not long, but it's um, deliberately, deliberately paced. Exactly. So then mm-hmm. we get set up for that shot, and then it comes. And I think another really interesting idea that I caught on when I was watching this thing is Uller. She's German married to a french guy and they speak english in their home because it's uh she struggles with french and he doesn't know german they both know english so that's the compromise language in the home but it it comes later on into the film like we're in their court when they're in the courtroom scenes it adds potential kind of layers of confusion mm-hmm. further p- potential deception as well you know and it's just i love that i just love the construction of the film it's not interesting. It's it's just it's not just an interesting view in the power dynamics. I think of a relationship and a marriage with people's kind of even preconceived notions of each other, right? And or even our, ourselves perhaps. And you never really know kind of what's going on in people's lives. You never really get to the truth of a human being. I think really to the degree you may want or may not want to. I don't know. I just I loved all that stuff about it. All right. So at the risk of, we won't get too deep into the reasoning why this may be, but I want to ask you a question. Okay. Did she do it? In your opinion, after the film is over, did she do it? I don't think so. I think... Go ahead. I think the example brought forth by the defending attorney, I think, makes sense to me. Hmm. Uh, I think the... The testimony from the kid later on as well, I think 
I didn't find that to be made up or in mm-hmm. a way to kind of protect his mother. Yeah. Though it's possible. Yeah. And I will say, too, I wanted to throw that kid out a window when he almost poisoned <laughs> his dog to death. Sure. In his little experiment there. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm leaning towards nay. But it looks like you may think she that she did. I think she did. And I think her so. son lies for her. And I think the key is, again, around that vet trip, around the words of the way it's presented and the way it's relayed. It's showing that those words are coming out of the kid's mouth as opposed to the father's mouth. And then there's also stuff around about how he was afraid that his mom was going to come home, right? So I think... It all kind of there's all these little clues that it wasn't actually his dad who took him to the vet that it was that he's filling in you know possibly his mother uh being the one who is the one that had that conversation with him <laughs> I found it. Um really? I I missed that then. What did I miss? Mm. I don't think you missed anything. I think it's very purposeful on Triette's uh, plan. And I think she said this is to make it as ambiguous as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, either either interpretation could be valid. And yeah. she makes no direct hints as to what she thinks has actually it's happened. I personally think that she did. And I think there's enough clues in there, especially around that car scene of going to the vet that really tips it off. But... <laughs> Obviously, my esteemed co-host thinks a different way, but I don't feel passionate enough to say he's wrong because you could easily interpret the film that way. That's interesting. I, man, see, now I want to watch it again because I want to. I missed whatever these clues are in the mm-hmm. uh, car ride, so I gotta. Yeah. Hmm. All right, we're gonna have to talk about that off here because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. Maybe. <laughs> Fascinating. I will say too. I found the French courts to be dumb. I like our courtroom dramas a little bit better. <laughs> well, maybe I just didn't like sure. the prosecutor. I thought he was uh, a bit of a jerk. But I guess that's what he's supposed to do. And the, but the stylistic choices, like the, the, the shaving of his head and his attitude and his movements, and he kind of snakes around a bit, and I, yeah. he just bothered me, right? I was not a fan of him. But that, that's the actor. That's the choice he's making. That's the performance he's giving yeah. us, right? So then he's successful. He got me... Yeah. To do what he was trying to get me to, you know, I got the he got the reaction out of me he was may have been going for, but I do like how conversational it is. Yeah. I like how they can they'll like here, you know, there's objections or you got to wait for your turn, and but there it's a much more of a free flowing conversation um, between witnesses, and they'll just go right from the witness to the uh, defendant or the defend, you know, it just it's it, I thought that was really interesting how that goes. Now I I think this is supposed to be pretty uh, consistent with how the court systems work there so it's not too liberal with the rules yeah. so i guess that's how it is because i think this was this was praised for its authenticity and that kind of right. thing right. so but yeah no i think the film really hangs on uller i think she's the feature here like you said as well as uh tria, tria i can't i can't do french triet <laughs> Tron. sure that works i can't I, the construction of the of the film i think is what makes it work matt uh yeah it's great i i'm giving anatomy of a fall an a minus for now yeah i'm giving it an a minus as well i don't think it breaks any new ground as far as the storytelling beats like chris said it is a little bit too long but overall an excellent film 
there you go. Uh, it's currently playing in theaters. If you get a chance to see it, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. Mm. I gotta watch. I want to watch that scene again just to see what I what I what you caught. I think the I other think. the other piece that you have to watch again is the discussion between Daniel and Marge, and she basically explicitly tells him he has a decision to make. He has a choice to make. That I caught. Yes. Yes. So, and I I think. When you kind of put all of that together, I think it leads to the fact that she, in fact, did kill him. But now, it may not... have been an accident. It may have been an accident. She mm-hmm. may have may not have meant to kill him. Maybe she meant to hit him, and he accidentally fell out after that. But I think she had more to do with it than she's letting on. Fair. Interesting. There you go, folks. See? It's a... Whew, it's a it's a it's a real uh, uh, ambiguous kind of like now if you're looking for that big dramatic like presumed innocent ending you right. know you're not going to get it all right mm-hmm. so just prepare yourself for that but it's still it's it's definitely worth checking out so good good great grand matt let's talk about what's coming up on physical media this upcoming tuesday that is november 14th i do want to point out criterion sale is live at barnes and noble uh, so that should run through the month. So get down to your Barnes and Noble and pick up those uh, new 4Ks and Criterion sets in the boxes and all the other fun stuff you've been eyeing because it is time to go. All right, let's take a listen. Hey, 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 hey. What you doing here? Don't you have practice? Not anymore. I quit. Oh. Well, since when are you the quitting kind? I don't know. I just don't see the point anymore. So you didn't make the dress list. There are greater tragedies in the world. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. To prove to everyone prove that I worked... Prove what? That I was somebody. Oh, you are so full of crap. You're five feet nothing. A hundred and nothing. And you got hardly a speck of athletic ability. And you hung in with the best college football team in the land for two years. And you're also going to walk out of here with a degree from the University of Notre Dame. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. And after what you've gone through, if you haven't done that by now, it ain't going to never happen. Matt, there's a clip from Rudy, a film I have never seen. Me neither. Though um, it does have its fans. It's being released in 4K this upcoming Tuesday november 14th so if you've been waiting for that well now's your big chance what else is coming up matt let's uh start our countdown number five we're gonna go with vestron's release of blue steel this is the film with uh, jamie lee curtis where she plays the police officer who we think is stalked by like a serial killer or something happens i don't know but good fun kind of b movie schlocky cop dramas from the early 80s early 90s so uh, what else we got here four I'm going to go with the Shunny Chiba collection. I think it's Sunny, not Shunny. (laughs) But Sunny Chiba collection, volume two, which uh, includes the defensive power of Aikido, 13 steps of Maki, Karate Warriors, the great Okinawa Yakuza War, Karate for Life, Gogo 13 assignment, Cologne, and the Okinawa War of 10 years. All included, we get some audio commentaries mixed in as well. Matt, you decided that, you know what? I'd like to own every disney film and at least animated film and price is no object get three coffins ready uh, huh? well you now you can the disney legacy animated film collection which i believe is exclusively available at walmart you're going to get all the disney animated films for a mere 
$1,500. Are they all 4Ks? Uh, no, I think they're Blu-rays. I don't believe they're 4Ks. You know, I do not know that. Okay. So um, we'll have to look that up. I don't think so. Let's see here. Legacy Animated Film Collection. It looks sharp. I'm going to tell you, it looks really nice. But uh, no Blu-ray and digital copies. And how many films is that in total? I think it's um, 48 billion. No, um, it features 100 Disney and Pixar animated films. From Snow White right. and the Seven Doors to Elemental. All right, so that is that works out to be about what fifteen dollars a film? Huh? I guess so, huh? Yeah. That's now you're now you're reasonable. Yeah. Now now and the fact that it's probably uh, well here's the thing it'll be limited edition people will buy it it'll sit on it for a while and then like six months from now they'll release a 4K version of it and everybody will be pissed off. <laughs> but I mean that's a fair point. I mean fifteen dollars a film for Disney's. Actually, yeah, some of them you probably can't get. That too, but they usually, you know, a lot of their stuff never really gets that cheap. So yeah, yeah, fifteen hundred bucks though seems a bit excessive. It's not like it's all they all get their own individual packages, you know. So it's well, I don't know. But there you go, Matt. Let's keep her on here. Number two. Looks like we're shy of one horse. <laughs> you brought two too many. Criterion is releasing the last picture show. So uh, you can pick this one up. It is also includes Texasville, which is the uh, sequel to The Last Picture Show. You get a brand new 4K restoration of the director's cut. It's about a group of 1950s high schoolers coming of age in a bleak, isolated, atrophied West Texas town that is slowly dying, both culturally and economically. Uh, features Sybil Shepard, Randy Quaid, and uh, uh, Jeff Bridges is in this one too, right? And this is Bogdanovich's film. And also includes ex- excerpts from a 72 television interview with uh, Francois Truffaut, which is, is cool. Three documentaries in the making of the film. A Q&A with Bogdanovich from 2009. Screen tests, location footage, and more. And then, Matt, you're number one. There can be only one! Steven Spielberg's debut picture, Duel, is getting a 4K release. If you buy it directly from Groove, which is Universal Studios' own website, you can get a steelbook from them. It's uh, previously stored in 4K from the original camera negative. And it includes the original TV version of the film as well. Conversation with Spielberg and uh, interview with Richard Matheson as well on the writing of Duel. So Duel is great. If you haven't mm. had a chance to see it, uh, you should definitely check it out. And now you can pick it up in 4K. Uh, also coming out, Matt, Justified, City Primeval. I did not get to see this. Did you watch it? I watched the first couple of episodes. I hear it's took, pretty good. It, is, it was pretty good. I need, to, I need to catch back up with it. I didn't finish it, but... You know, it was, I was enjoying it while it was there. There you go. Well, you can pick it up on Blu ray now. And then we talked about Rudy also coming up in 4K, The Nun 2, Oof. as well as uh, The Twilight Saga. You can pick up The Twilight Saga, Matt, in 4K. And Best Buy has an exclusive uh, Steelbook box set. Terms of Endearment getting released in 4K. And then Equalizer 3. You can get a 4K steelbook from, uh, I think, Best Buy, and then Walmart has a uh, steelbook for the Blu-ray. And then your straight-to-DVD pick of the week from 1989, Dr. Caligari, the granddaughter of an infamous doctor, experiments with hormone and shock therapies at her asylum for the insane. I know it sounds kind of like, okay, I'm telling you folks, this film is nuts. So, uh, but in a weird kind of bad 80s way, okay. like inept, but still endearing and weird all at the same time. <laughs> so uh, there you go. What should we be streaming this week, Matt? So 
I know it's it's after spooky season, but available on Netflix is a underappreciated Sam Raimi film, Drag Me to Hell, is available on Netflix as of the 1st of November. It is about a young woman who works at a bank and does not take pity on an old woman who's about to lose her house. And uh, she is cursed and gets things that she probably doesn't deserve. And it's pretty good. And it's not super gory. Gross, but not gory. (laughs) No, it is good. I haven't seen that in a long time. So, yeah, good pick, Matt. All right, let's keep rolling then. Let's spend a few minutes of uh, talking about Matt doing me a solid as we uh, discuss a haunting in Venice. Oh, no. Don't you dare leave without saying it. You saw what I saw, and what you saw was... Was fake. Real. That woman is proof, living proof. There's a title. Sure as hell, she's my next book, and sure as hell, it's a hit. A big beer book. Good God, I have to start writing right away. The woman who stumped Hercule Poirot. I admit I cannot solve all of her methods in this moment, but of course I will. You won't? Come on. You should be relieved. I mean, how incredible. To, to believe, to know the world has mystery. A God who cares enough to make abiding souls after death comes... Nothing. Something. If there was a god, he would not break his rule for her. That's right. Poirot returns. Brana's Poirot, Matt, is retired. He's kind of just beat up. He's had enough. He can't or doesn't want to do this kind of stuff anymore. And an old friend of his, played by, as you heard there, Tina Fey, shows up at his little retirement apartment there uh, thing in Venice and convinces him to join her at this Halloween party because she's found this medium who can talk to the dead, played by... Uh, of course, why am I blanking? Jeez, what's wrong with me? Michelle Yeoh? Christ, Matt, get, get it together. Chris. I said, even said Matt. Chris, get it together. See, things are, wheels are coming off fast. Uh, so he wa- she wants him to go with her so he can debunk her. Um, though Faye is slightly convinced potentially that she's actually legit and the real thing. And unfortunately, somebody gets all murdered up and killed. So uh, it's up to Poirot to, you know, come out of retirement there and try and solve one last mystery. Perhaps mm-hmm. it'll ignite his love for the uh, chase one more time. Who knows, Matt? So, Haunting in Venice, where are we with you in the Brana Poirot films? Have you seen any of them yet? Outside of this one, I should say, now? Yeah, we watched the first one for the show. We did, okay. But you haven't yeah. seen Death I on the Nile. I haven't seen Death on the Nile now. Yeah, not, not worth your time. Yeah. So, Haunting in Venice, Matt, I will start up just by saying this. It's the best of the lot. And I think that the mystery here is more engaging in the prior entries, even though I think even again at the end, I think that's the problem with all of these. The endings tend to be really kind of anticlimactic, though this again is the best of the three of them and the most interesting. But I think why this film mostly works for me, Matt, is that it's elevated by its atmosphere. Uh, Brana's shot selection, the lighting, and particularly the cast I think that it's it's it calmly kind of leisurely melds together to the mystery and horror genres. I think Faye and Brana work together very well. And also I think that's also a tribute to the script. I think it's the best out of the three. The casting also feels more organic to me. It doesn't feel like we're trying to get the hot people in Hollywood right now on the big screen to churn out some butts into seats, especially the cursed film that is Death in the Nile. And you look at all the people involved in that one. But uh, I don't know. These people are more cast, I think, in the, they're the, right, the right people for the right roles. And it doesn't feel kind of like stunt casting. So 
yeah, this one worked for me, Matt, for the most part. What about you? I mean, I'll agree with you. I No, I just said I didn't see the second one. I heard it was very, very not good. So I wasn't in any rush to see it. I didn't particularly like the Murder on the Orient Express either. Mm-hmm. I have to say, yes, I agree with you. It's the best of the ones I've seen. It's definitely better than Murder on the Orient Express. It's got a lot of atmosphere. It's got a lot of... Uh, it looks good. But as a product, it's just... Mm-mm. I just couldn't get into it. Like, it didn't really have any suspense for me. I thought a lot of the theatrics that are supposed to be scary of the kind of ghost to keep you guessing it was all very kind of rote. It didn't really do a whole lot for me. These types of films are just not for me. And I, I think that's okay. If yeah. this, maybe this is for you. But for me, it just kind of left me like, okay, that, that was fine for what it was. But, I mean, I would, I'm not going to go see it again. Nor yeah, am I no. going to be super excited when the next one comes out that you that we want to see. Well, I yeah, I mean, after this one, I am cautiously optimistic. I'm in mm. maybe for another one of these, you know, because it's it's casual dining. It's mm. it's fine atmospherics kind of. This is a. I think it was a. Yeah, I. This <laughs> I don't know, Matt. There wasn't enough. There wasn't much to it, but I I enjoyed all the little touches. I like the atmospherics. I said it now for like the third time. And I'm on board. If they're more consistent like this and care more about having an interesting and engaging script and better uh, characters and actors and such like that, then I would be fine with this running until Brana passes. Really, getting one of these every two to three years or something like that, go out and check out the latest Agatha Christie adaptation, then uh, that works for me. You know what? Maybe another more, some more genre mashups. I think, too, the, again, I thought the, the moments between Faye and Brana, they really, I think, played off well against each other. Mm-hmm. Probably testament to Faye as much as it is Brana and the script. But I think it was genuinely funny quite a few times with the two of them. And um, I just liked how kind of weird and creepy and dark. It was basically lit by candles almost the entire time, which is mm-hmm. kind of fun. And mm-hmm. It had this kind of throwback kind of vibe feel to it that I just, I don't know, I was, I was able to get behind. So, All right. We're zipping through the show, Matt. I'm giving Haunting in Venice a B minus. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a C plus. I if I wouldn't call this dadtainment, and I hate and I I don't mean to be dismissive to my my esteemed co-host here, but I really I honestly feel this way, and I can't I can't put it in any other way. But this feels like grandma tainment to me. Like this is something your 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 grandma who's like really into mysteries and like watched Murder She Wrote and stuff like that. This is like her film. Thank you very much. I think that's good, Matt. I think that's actually exactly that's exactly what this is. This is like a an updated murder she wrote for people like me. Mm. That's exactly you, what it you is. You like that kind of stuff. That's okay. That's that's your bag, baby. Yeah, I want. You know, I get enough exploding babies and spy movies and mm-hmm. uh, you know possessed people ripping the insides of their children out to consume them as they walk down a road. <laughs> I don't mind. Shout out to, uh, where was it? When evil lurks. Yeah. Right. But, um, yeah, no, this is fine. This was good. It's a nice little palate cleanser, a nice kind of old fashioned kind of, yeah, yeah. I like that. This is my grandmother. And my grandfather would love this thing and I am slowly becoming them. So that's fine. <laughs> if you had a chance to see haunting in Venice, which is available to a blue stream on Hulu now, as well as to, uh, rent and watch online on demand uh, shoot us an email at feedback at the first run.com 
All right, Matt. Whoa. Can we even break 45 minutes? Look at this. We've had well, hour-long, over-hour-long shows for like a month now, so. But this is good because Chris is leaving town. Yep. I gotta, I'm got i going to be out of town all next week, so this is good. That's good. All right, let's go. Let's play a round of uh, TFR Lives. Who are we going to be? Not who are we going to be. This is not a uh, who it's not a who TFR Lives. Fill in the blank. Yeah. yeah, right. I'm already on the plane, Matt. I can feel it. I don't know. It's just when you buy furniture, you tell yourself... That's it. That's the last sofa I'm going to need. Whatever else happens, I've got that sofa problem handled. I had it all. I had a stereo that was very decent, a wardrobe that was getting very respectable. I was close to being complete. Shit, man. Now it's all gone. All gone. Mm. All gone. Do you know what a duvet is? Comfort. It's a blanket. Just a blanket. Now, why do guys like you and I know what a duvet is? Is this essential to our survival? In the hunter-gatherer sense of the word? No. What are we then? Consumers. Right. We are consumers. We are byproducts of a lifestyle obsession. Murder, crime, poverty, these things don't concern me. What concerns me are celebrity magazines, television with... 500 channels, some guy's name on my underwear. Rogaine, Viagra, Olestra. Martha Stewart. Fuck Martha Stewart. Man, Tyler Durden is so right, bro. Can I tell you? I mean, that film is just was my philosophy through life. I, There is no way that David Fincher is making some grand, exact opposite statement sure, of that, sure. Matt. That's why we're going to start a fight club. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, in I don't have a basement here in Florida, so we'll have to do it at your place. Yeah, we can we can fight in my basement. I guess if we were in Florida, we could fight in your your uh, screened in garage. Sure, that'll work. We'll do that. That <laughs> when you next time you're down, Matt. Of course, that is a clip as we said from Fight Club. David Fincher's best film is blank, Matt. We have the killer coming up next week. So. We do. We do have the killer coming up next week. Oh man, I think you want a brief refresher. You got panic. No, I, I, you good? I I think I think so. We got seven. Yep. Fight Club, Panic Room, The Game, which I haven't seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Social Network, Benjamin Button, yep. Manx, Gone Girl. Is that it? Yeah. Did you say Dragon Tattoo? I did not say Dragon Tattoo. Thank did you. Say you. Zodiac. Mm, I did not say Zodiac. Uh, you know what? It might be Zodiac. I, I think Zodiac's I, my answer. Yeah, I, I, I think Seven and Fight Club were very important movies to young Matt, but and I think they still have their charms, but I think Zodiac is his best film. Yeah, I think and I think Gone Girl too is excellent. Yeah. Uh, but I would agree with you. I think Zodiac's the way to go. I'll tell you too, I still have not seen Benjamin Button. Really? I own it's... it. I have owned it for 2008. I've owned that Criterion Blu-ray for about 20 years now. Is it 20 years? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Never watched That's... it. It just didn't. I was like, oh, it's Fincher. It's going to be great. I got to check it out. And the, But the, the the concept, it just never appealed to me to watch yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's entertaining. It's it's good enough, but it's not it's not anywhere near his. I wouldn't even say it cracks the top half of his films. It's, it's, it's just kind of there. Mm. Fair enough. 
So uh, yeah, all right. Well, I think that's that then. Yeah, I mean, Social Network too. It's you know, it's it's crazy how that film feels like this propulsive action movie when mm-hmm. it's you know just a. Uh... Anyway, and Dragon Tattoo I think is an interesting experiment. Honestly, I think the original film is better. Yeah, but um, I don't know. It's nice seeing Craig in that role, and I still don't know if I really buy into Rooney Mara though. Just generally, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the answer is uh, Zodiac for sure. Yeah. What do you got? All right, so Chad, uh, let's see if I can pronounce this guy's name without butchering it. Uh, Chad Stahileski has said mm-hmm. he believes stunts will be recognized by the Oscars very, very soon. So we will see stunt categories in the o- Oscars in blank years. I'll say, well, I don't know. I don't know if you see the, I don't know if the uh, recent offer by the. Uh, I did not see it, no. Yeah, uh, producers group folks okay they still included the um ai stuff where okay. uh, they want to give you a flat one-time fee mm-hmm. to scan you and then be able to use you in perpetuity without uh having to compensate you okay and they said wow. that was their best and final offer really yeah so they reject the uh the uh sag rejected it rightfully so yeah they should yeah but um i guess because they said they gave way on a bunch of other stuff but mm-hmm. uh We'll see what happens next. So my, my point, I'm bringing it up because we may never have another movie made again, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> now, I know some studios are working with within the guidelines um, of the uh, new stuff they wanted, so that's fine. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'll say within 10 years. 10 years? It's very Hopefully sooner. Seems very uh, unlikely. That seems... Too far? I think it's a little too far. I think we see it within half that time i say five years five yeah, yeah you're probably right it's five is he still doing highlander i don't know it's a good question i am really intrigued by that idea of him doing a highlander film could be pretty dope because uh and i, I think cable's supposed to be mcgregor i think in that too it's supposed to be interesting so hmm, good times all right i'm gonna keep running i'm gonna keep riding this pony matt the best performance in a david fincher film is by blank best performance so what are the contenders here so i would Artie? say go ahead i mean i haven't seen bunpin so i can't talk about blanchett or pitt yeah um Jill hall and zodiac rob yeah. dunny jr is where i'm leaning in zodiac. that's what, that was that was the immediate first role that came to mind uh i would i would give some honorifics to rosamund pike and gone girl mm-hmm. as well yeah. as ben affleck in yeah that. and um maybe Norton in Fight Club. The Pitt's having the most fun in that film, for sure. Yeah. Well, easily enough. Yeah. So, what about Oldman and Mank? Uh, yeah, I guess it's a good performance, but it's hard to say. Like, I guess it just... It doesn't move me like a lot of the, some of those other ones do. I also like Seafried a lot in that as well. And then you have, again, you know, Rooney Mara we talked about, Dragon Tattoo, Daniel Craig. What about... Uh, Social network. You got um, Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield's really good in that movie. I've seen that several times lately. Like, well, I guess over the summer, like it was just on TV and I would sit down for whatever reason, it would get its hooks in me and I'd start watching it. And Andrew Garfield's really, really good in that movie. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with Andrew. I think I'm going to go with Andrew Garfield. Actually. Yeah. I think RDJ is really close. I think the only thing holding him back a little bit is that, he's absent 
for a lot of the film. Like he's definitely a side character. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think I I think I would stick with Robert Downey Jr. Though I agree with you. I think that uh, that is a good pick of, of Garfield. And it just now occurred to me that I blew the perfect stinger. I have one, but it's it should have been. What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the fucking box? <laughs> so all right, classic. All right, so eventually we'll be catching up with the Marvels. And I just they just dropped the last trailer. I watched it. Okay. And I guess there's going to be some otherworldly shenanigans. They've played, you know, some of the Avengers theme while in it. And when they had What's Next playing on it, the yep. letters faded out and the X stayed on there for a little bit too long. So the Marvels will reveal blank. Well, I guess we're going to get some kind of X-Men kind of parallel university thing. Is it going to be one mm-hmm. of those things, too, where one of them just bounces through, like in the multiverse of madness type of a thing? Sure. And we see a picture in the wall, on the wall, and maybe they have that. That would be kind of cool. Days of Future Past, where you get the uh, the wanted or the dead oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mutants yeah. on the wall. Yeah. But um, I don't... I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what they're selling, right? It's just something. Yeah. And didn't they do something in one of the most recent films where they did a nod to the X Men in some capacity? I know we had Mister Fantastic in uh, Yeah Madness. It wasn't, but I thought there was a. It was in. Um, it was in the Ms. Marvel's TV show, okay. where she, it turns out she's not an Inhuman; that she's a mutant, and okay. and like they in the like last episode when they say that they play a little bit of the X Men cartoon theme from the 90s when they when they start uh, talking about that's that. what it was yeah oh, okay. and then you know obviously you've got the leaked pictures from the new deadpool movie where hugh jackman has reprised his role and he's in the common act you know the comics accurate suit uh you know as uh, from the behind the scenes footage that they have i think it looks pretty cool actually it does yeah <laughs> i want to see that i want to see the mask because he's not wearing the mask but i, I yeah. definitely want to see how this all plays out yeah, I'm sure they're gonna play it as a gag too with the mask in the film. Yeah. But yeah, what do you think it is? You think it's X Men and some? What and if it is, what is the uh, reveal? Yeah. So honestly, I think it's another red herring. I think mm-hmm. you know we've gotten so we got so stoked about you know uh, multiverse of madness that ended up being a whole lot of nothing. We got super excited for Spider Man three or, or No Way Home. Which I love. I love. I love that film. But all of it kind of went back to status quo for the most part, except for everybody yeah. forgetting who Peter, Peter Parker was. I just don't think they're gonna. I really don't think that they're gonna pull, pull something that's long standing in this movie. I really don't. I don't think they're gonna set a status quo defining thing in this movie. No. Yeah. No. It's too bad. What do you think they're going to do about um, Majors? I've reading online, I don't know how accurate it is, that they're considering shifting from Kang to Doctor Doom going forward because of really? all his uh, legal issues. Yeah. I really don't know. Um, you know, it seems like it seems to go back and forth. I don't know. Again, it's hard. I haven't really been following the case. I don't know if he's going to end up, if there's enough evidence to say that maybe he didn't do anything wrong or, or how it's all going to play out. It's... It's weird because he's in Loki now. I haven't seen 
the latest episode, but I have seen him. And I honestly, in the one episode I've seen with him in it, he was fine. Like he didn't, but I, I didn't think he was earth shattering or anything like that. So I think they'll be fine without him. I think it would be a mistake to completely jettison Kang, especially when you have the whole idea of variants of Kang that to go to Dr. Doom. Cause I think that's premature. I think they could easily replace majors with somebody else. And it would just be a quick hand wave and nobody would think anything else of it. Just a roadie him. Just James roadie him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now the problem is all the variants of him. Well, yeah, but the variants of Loki aren't all Hiddleston, right? right? But all the variants no. of Kang have been. Majors, yeah. But we, yeah. Of the few that we've seen, but who's to say, I mean, one yeah. of the Lokis is a freaking alligator. So, I mean, what are you, what are you going to do? Sure. Good point. Matt, your <laughs> comfort film is blank. Ooh, man, that's a stumper. How dare you give me something that hard that requires me to think. I was watching because I, I was, uh, John Carpenter's been doing a lot of interviews lately. Okay. So, somebody had talked him into doing it. I was reading on Twitter, which I'm happy for. It's nice yeah. to see him out there. And uh, he was being interviewed by Stephen Colbert and Colbert revealed basically, though I think it's more revealed, I think it's well known. That the thing is his comfort film. Like his family yeah. knows if the thing is on, that means daddy needs some private time. <laughs> he says it's his favorite film. He watches it over and over. He's like, sure. Me. Sure. And, my, and, my, and then I think my comfort film is probably either the thing like me or it's Superman, the first mm. 78 Superman or Christopher Reeves. That one too. If I'm like depressed or sad, and I just kind of yeah. need something, then I usually pop on either Superman or the thing, which, you know, yeah. very similar themes. Aliens yeah, exactly. coming to Earth and. Yeah stuff happening yeah i love the thing i really do love the thing i just don't know if it would be a comfort film to me i think i would need i think it's either gonna be two lucasfilm properties it's either gonna be Mm. raiders of the lost ark Mm -hmm. because that film is so fun or it's gonna be empire strikes back because that harkens back to when to my when I loved Star Wars before everything else around it has been ruined over and over and over again. So like you can just go to like what really kind of brings me back to that kind of how excited I was for the property when it was just those three movies. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll accept yeah. that answer. That's good. That's solid. I like that. Yeah. The only other option then would be, you know, like watching the extended editions of the Lord of the Rings like twice a year, like all the way through. Wow, I would thought about doing that for the holidays this year. Yeah, just watching them through. I haven't watched. I haven't watched them in a long time. Like I got that 4K set, and I, I'd started to watch the first one. Mm-hmm. I got about a half an hour in, and then like something happened, and I had to stop, and then I never went back to it. So maybe I'll yeah. try and do that this year. Yeah, you should also check out that. Uh, I can send it to you. I have it somewhere. Or maybe go to Maple Films. You can get it for free. They did a as the the edit to of the hobbit to try and make it as close to the books as possible where they basically cut evangeline lily out of the entire thing so like yeah. it's it's actually pretty good it's still not a great movie but it's a lot better oh yeah i would like to see that nice anything else and that's all i got all right i teased it so timothy chalamet as Willy wonka is blank is flavor of the moment stunt casting i don't buy it personally i don't i'm not super excited about it i don't think Mm -hmm. he's got that kind of whimsical he's too cool i guess he's too much of a pretty cool boy to like do this like i I don't know he doesn't seem funny enough to me or weird enough to me in a non-threatening way his all of his all of his weirdness is on the surface and is threatening as opposed to being under the surface and threatening 
So the guy who's doing it, I guess, is the guy who did the two Paddington films. Okay. And they're supposed to be that the first one is wonderful. I haven't seen the second one yet. I heard the I yeah, I, I heard the second one is even better. Is even better, and I haven't seen it yet. So who knows? But yeah, no, I don't I didn't even see the uh I didn't see the Johnny Depp ones. I didn't either. Did he do two? He did two of them, right? Didn't they do two? I think so. Or maybe we're thinking of the Alice in Wonderland ones. I'm not sure. Uh, regardless, I didn't see any Johnny Depp related Willy Wonka <laughs> material. <laughs> So, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. And I don't, like you said, I don't think it's going to be dark, right? Is it just going to be kind of, supposed to come out this year around the holidays. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a musical fantasy film. The story of how he went from a young adult selling chocolate in a small candy store to an eccentric genius known all over the world. So it's an origin story for Willy Wonka, which is cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I'm indifferent. I'm, yeah. Timmy Chalamet's Lady Wonka is is, in it's it brings up feelings of indifference. I don't. I'm not. Is it even on the calendar? I'm not even sure if it is. I don't think so. But you know what? I'm going to boycott it because it's not the Timothy Chalamet holiday film that I needed this year, and I'm really pissed off still <laughs> that I'm not getting the next installment of Dune. That's fine. That's fair. Good enough. All right. Well, who would you like? Who I keep doing the uh, who dat mm-hmm. how would you fill in dem blanks shoot us an email at feedback at the first run.com matt what's coming up on the big show next week well as alluded to by chris's tfr lib choices we are going to check up with the latest from david fincher with the killer and i believe we're going to finally watch one of the raunchy comedies that we've been putting off bottoms there you go in the meantime, you can find us on uh, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Do a search for The First Run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually you'll find us. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. It'll help other people find the show. We sure would appreciate it. And uh, I guess that will be that for this week. So we're going to go ahead take an extended break. Take care of yourselves. We love you very much. Chris Galzo, Matt Howell, The First Run. Forever. Since when do vampires like baseball? Well, it's the American pastime. And uh, there's a thunderstorm coming. It's the only time we can play. You'll see why.